my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. Uh, I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with a 2017 graduate of our program, Kelsey Hitchin. How are you, Kelsey? I am good. This is oh, so fun. Yeah, it's so good to see you. I, um, uh, Kelsey and I had a have a special connection because she was a research assistant for the Giants uh, Community Fund and for Junior Giants, and so we worked closely together during her time at Cal Poly. and um, And she stayed she stayed local um, throughout her time um, postgraduate time. and um, And I'm super excited to talk to to you about what you're doing now. You were working for the city of San Luis Obispo for for a few years, and and now um, Kelsey is serving as the the field marketing manager for Firestone Walker Brewing Company, and so we'll we'll get to that. Did I get that right? I got your title right. You did. That's awesome. perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And so she's in charge of the local area, the Central Coast. So we're going to talk to her about what all that's like. And and um, and I'm excited. Our, our students um, obviously get excited when, when we start talking about beer, working in beer or music or wine. Those are those are exciting positions to have. And and so mm-hmm. I can't wait to get there. But let's go back in time first. Uh, tell us. I obviously know where you're from. We've talked about it. But uh, tell our listeners where you're from. Yeah, I'm from Arroyo Grande. So hopefully all of the Cal Poly students know where that is just south of Pismo Beach. So very, very close to Cal Poly. Um, Born and raised there. My dad is actually from there as well. And yeah. No way. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so, so generate generational hitching there in uh in uh Arroyo Grande. All right, oh, yeah. I love it. What what did your parents do when you were growing up, Kelsey? My parents are high school teachers. So you know, my I dad thought is, I had remembered that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So my dad is now retired, but he was actually at my high school I attended. Uh-huh. Um, and then my mom was at another high school in the district. Right on. What your what did yeah. your mom and dad teach? So my dad, he he hopped around a little bit, but when I was there, he was a math teacher, but he also did CAD and drafting and because he originally was an architect student in college before he switched um, his major. So he like still had a passion for that kind of stuff. And then my mom worked with the independent study kids. Oh, cool. Right on. Right on. Well, well, I love that. I, you know, I, um, I, I, if I'd had to guess uh, from memory, I would have guessed that I had remembered that your parents were teachers. You know, that is great. Yeah. Love that. So tell me about uh, any brothers or sisters. Yep. So my brother is five years older than me, also a Cal Poly grad. Um, he is now a high school athletic director for a high school in slow, which is awesome. For what? Uh, for the high school in slow? So for mission prep, so the private oh. school in Slow downtown, um, right he on. always had like a deep passion for basketball. And so he actually started coaching club basketball while he was in college. And then he coached the JV level then the varsity level and just kind of realized, you know, teaching and coaching were where he wanted to take his career. And then it mm-hmm. developed into becoming an athletic director. And um, so he's having a fabulous time doing that. It's a little hard currently, but um, there's a lot of, you know, additional challenges, but he loves it. Um, He loves that school and the community there, I think, is really lucky to have him. He's such a special person. And then my sister is actually five years younger than me. Oh, wow. There's a spread. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We got a spread. Um, She's currently a dental assistant applying to dental hiding school. So hopefully she'll go off to start that in the fall. Right on. So, um, for, for your brother, you have, you'll have to tell him to connect with me if he needs, um, um, if he needs me to, to help him recruit for, for coaches, or if he ever needs an intern or anything like that, because we do, you know, we do it from time to time, get students who are interested in, um, in interscholastic sports. And, you know, most of our students obviously have, um, sport in their background. And so that's kind of a natural, fit to, you know, to potentially be interested in assistant coaching or, 
or something yeah. like that. But um, yeah, if he needs um, if he needs some help, tell him to connect with old Greenwood and um, I can uh, I can help him out. So uh, so growing up, what was young Kelsey into? Uh, always doing sports. I was incredibly active. Um, and in a family who also did sports. So Kevin, obviously playing basketball and volleyball, um, always attending his games. And then my dad and my grandpa were also, um, high school coaches. So we like a lot of our Friday nights were at football games. So at their games, Um, but definitely very active, always on the move. I played so many different sports, um, you know, from kindergarten to eighth grade. And then in high school, I found my true love of water polo. So I very much, um, was a fish growing up. My cute grandparents built a cabin at Bass Lake in the seventies. And it's like this adorable little yellow cabin. It still has shag carpet. It's the coolest thing ever. It's so special to our family, but yeah, so that's where we would spend summers. And like, my mom would have to like beg me to get out of the lake, like after the sun is set. Cause I just Uh loved water so much. And Uh so she put me in, um, competitive swimming and that didn't really stick when I was younger, but I always was a fish at heart. So I found my way back to the pool freshman year and I never looked back. I love it. That's great. And I love that you described your grandparents, my, my cute little grandparents built a house uh, in a vast lake. I love it. That is- they were so sweet. I love them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is so great. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't have any real experience with water polo. Um, uh, you, you know, it wasn't really a North Carolina sport. Uh, <laughs> not much of an East coast sport. It really is like a California sport and it, it's starting to grow. Um, but it, it's very much dominant in California. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought so. And, and, um, and, and, you know, we can talk about, we're going to talk a little bit about that, um, a, a little more later, um, because yeah. you're still, you're still coaching um, I am. and staying yeah. involved with water polo. So I love yeah. that aspect. And, um, cause you know, I spent many years, um, or, or I say many years, not many years, a, cu- a couple of years serving as a high school coach. And so, mm-hmm. um, we can get into that a little bit. Yeah. So you had a, you had a, Wait, you said your brother went to Cal Poly, right? So there was, yes. there, was a, there was a legacy type situation. And obviously being a local kid, Cal Poly um, is always one that you at least consider. But I know mm-hmm. that a lot of local kids, you know, have to kind of balance, like, do I want to move away or do I want to yep. stay here? So what was that like for you? So the legacy even goes deeper. Um, both my parents graduated from Cal Poly and my grandpa actually got his teaching credential at Cal Poly. So, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So I thought I remember that too. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty funny. And like my mom's sister, like met her husband at Cal Poly. So it really is pretty, um, ingrained in our family. And I kind of actually only applied to make everyone happy at first. Yeah. Right. I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I knew I wanted to go to a state school. Um, that was like the right fit for who I was as a student. And I liked the idea of the more hands-on learning, um, especially because I knew I wanted to pursue something along the lines of this field. Um, I, I wasn't going to be the classic, you know, math or science student, this was Mm -hmm. more up my alley. And so I applied to a handful of state schools, was lucky enough to get into all of the schools I applied to. And then Mm -hmm. as we started visiting, I just kept looking for at those schools, all of the things that Cal Poly had and all of the things that slow had to offer and found myself comparing them and like, Mm -hmm. none of them held up. Right. So I knew, yeah. So <laughs> I knew funny. after that, I knew Cal Poly was going to be the right fit for me. I love that. So you had to, you had to go through the process and you went through the process and you're like, oh, well, okay. I love that. Yeah. There, that's a, yeah. that's a great process. And I'm, I'm sure your, uh, I'm sure your parents were, uh, were super happy about that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the, uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. I knew part, right. So, um, I've talked to a number of, um, 
obviously a number of alumni uh, through yep. through this podcast. And um, I, I think this part is always pretty interesting to me. So did you, when you say you knew, did you know from the standpoint of you wanted to, to be involved in sport or did you know from a standpoint like you were involved in student government and you liked uh, running events uh, or was it a combination of those two? What was it? <laughs> How did you know, so in other words? <laughs> yeah, so definitely a combination of all of the above. Um, in, additional, in addition to that, I also, I watched a lot of wedding shows growing up. Like that oh, yeah. was like my choice of TV. There are all sorts of different like competition shows or I can't even remember all the ones, but probably all on HGTV. And like, that's what I was, that's what I watched a lot of. Um, and so there was this deep fascination with weddings. Um, and then, yep, I was an ASB kid. So I loved planning special events. Um, and then sports, I had a deep love for sports, but I, I didn't really know the world of sport management existed right. until right. I took your intro class. Right. Um, right. And not many. So, do. <laughs> yeah. We so talked about like, that at the beginning, right? Yeah. <laughs> when um, my mom helped me a lot, like as we were trying to figure out what the right major for me would be. And once we realized that event management and, you know, recreation in general, was an option it was like oh yeah that's that's who i am and that that's what fits me and my personality best and right. we almost couldn't believe that like it, it existed um, <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because it's so you know them both being teachers it was a very um like one path and so for yeah. this industry it's been so fascinating for them to watch me in too because it's been sure. a lot has happened but yeah um once we found out that was a major we looked to find that whatever however it fit at all the schools that we were applying to or i was applying to i guess i should say right of course well um let's talk about the cal poly years um uh-huh. and um and and you obviously um well i, I don't know why i say obviously it's obvious to me because I, I, I lived it with you. <laughs> so it's obvious to me. It's not obvious to our listeners, but, but, um, but uh, I, I know how involved you were as a student at Cal Poly and, um, you know, from, from the blues to, to try California to, um, to junior giants and, and everything in between um, you were, you were super involved. Um, is there, Looking back, is there one of those opportunities? Um, I, I don't think I even said the slow blues, but um, that was another one that you did. Um, w- was there something that really stood out in terms of giving you that experience that that you feel like that that kind of propelled you into a career? Mm-hmm. Don't feel like um, you have to say junior giants because I know it wasn't wasn't that <laughs> the junior giants was an incredible time it was very fun to sit in your office with you um but i i give a lot of credit to where i am now to both the blues and trical wildflower experience um i learned so many valuable skills through both of those that i avidly still use today and i think too the even bigger more important part is I realized what part of the industry I really loved. Like I loved sports, fan engagement. um, And I thought I was going to stay in the world of endurance sports for much longer than I ended up doing because Mm -hmm. it was such an incredible experience. And I think what made them both awesome is I continued to like advance through the years. So I spent three years with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I was surrounded by people that like made it so much fun. I mean, this right. industry is like it's really easy to have a good time. Um, and I, I think that's really important too. And so, yeah, yeah I, I, both of those were incredibly valuable. Um, I learned so much from Adam and Colleen. And I would say that's exactly um, the opportunities that made me you know, double down and knowing that this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's so amazing. I mean, obviously it's, it's unfortunate that wildflower, um, for those of you who don't know, um, wildflower was, um, a local, uh, triathlon that, that, that had grown to, to be a, a, a huge event, 
um, yep. out at uh, Lake San Antonio. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So and- one of the largest triathlons in the world um, that wasn't on the Ironman circuit. So there's a lot of students who I'm sure alumni around my age or even prior um, were involved. And there was like two levels of involvement. Um, The volunteering for the weekend of, or what I did was a student planning committee. So we started planning, you know, in January, all the way up until the event happens. And I think it was May Um, and having a more hands-on experience and, that what yeah yep that was fabulous the triathlon it was something really special to experience because it was more of like a festival feel than just your standard race yeah right a lot more went into it than just a standard Mm -hmm. race right like it was a it was a party also right (laughs) a festival a weekend-long party with a couple of crazy races in the middle yeah and like ten thousand total people or more right something like Uh that and it's height it was huge yep yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah, we we actually our, our department has a long or had a long history with um, with wildflower and um, yeah, so um, it's uh, been a um, I guess you would say a victim of of uh, the climate crisis that we're in, and that um, yep. Lake San Antonio, the lake is not um, has lost so much water that they couldn't do it anymore. Right? Is that is yep. that what I understand? Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, swim is a key part of the race. And with the drought, the lake really never filled back up. And so we ran an alternate course for several years. And um, so the people that really loved the race kept doing it. So it ended up being a swim run, bike run. So they swam, ran, I think it was like a mile to their bike did their normal bike and then did a shortened run at the end. And oh, wow. so we, we made it work, but it just no longer attracted as many athletes as it had in the past. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I always thought that I would be pretty, you know, that I, I would, uh, I would be pretty good at um, a triathlon, <laughs> but um not very good at running, biking or swimming. Yeah. It makes it hard. <laughs> you probably heard my I'm sure you've heard that joke from me before. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, listeners. No, uh, no. <laughs> it's one of my oldest jokes. Uh okay. but uh but anyway, okay. so so let's talk about uh let's talk about moving out of, of the Cal Poly years and and okay. um and you know our our our, stu- our current students in particular uh, are always thinking about that internship. You know the internship uh-huh. is looming at the end um, of the experience, and so they love hearing the process and how you came about uh, your internship, mm-hmm. what you did, and that sort of thing. Yep. So can you tell tell them about that process? So I actually did my internship with the Blues, so that was my third and final season with them, and I, I guess it might be a little atypical of an internship experience because I was like in a leadership role there at the time. Um, Adam had like made a new role for me. Um, It was the director of game day experience, I think. And so I was in charge of hiring all of our part or all of our interns um, for the actual game, um, the game rollouts. So, or the game day staff, I guess I should say. And so, but for the internship, it was great because I got to do more in the marketing and the PR and um, stuff leading up prior to the season. And then the season starts at the end of May. Um, so I continued, I stayed on for the summer post, post inter- internship, but they all, they take on a couple of um, full-time interns, I think every year, if they're still doing it the same way. And so there was two other students who did the internship with me at the same time. And we, I mean, we all had separate projects, but um, I pretty much knew that I wanted to stay with that organization throughout college like I just had such a wonderful experience and I learned so much and um you know I just kept stepping up the lat up in the ladder and um I, just, I, I couldn't have imagined doing any other internship and I loved the fact that it kept me in slow mm-hmm. um I really wanted to stay in slow for my spring quarter so right right yeah you know it's um it really is such an amazing um learn by doing lab for us uh, essentially mm-hmm. right uh and um yeah, you, you just get 
you you get ex- it's basically like running a minor league baseball team, right? And and you, yep. you the 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 interns and the students are the ones that basically help Adam put it on. And, um, yep. and, uh, it's, uh, you know, if you, if you stick with it, um, you know, you, you eventually will get those skills of, of running things and, and being yep. and getting that experience that so often college students over the years have complained about not getting like how, well, how am I ever going to get a job when they mm-hmm. ask for experience and I graduate, you know, well, you know, Kelsey graduated with three, four years of, of experience. And, and mm-hmm. so, um, and, and I love the example too. And I think our listener for, for those who are listening, everyone should be aware is, is that if you get a full-time job that can count as your internship. Yep. <laughs> and so, uh, uh-huh. and so just, just work with Dr. Roo. Dr. Roo can work with you on that. And, um, and that's basically, you know, what, what Kelsey was doing in that final year. Um, like she said, so moving out of uh, moving out of the uh, the the Cal Poly year, so you graduated in two thousand and seventeen, right? And then um, so you you took another internship, right, with Tri California, and helped helped Colleen that mm-hmm. next year, right? And then we're also as a recreation specialist with the city of Slug. Yeah. So can you uh-huh. can you talk about those years and and what what that was like? Um, what you what you learned, what you were doing, those sorts of things. Yeah, so I became rec specialist for the city of Slow. I um, put on all of our owned events, and then I also permitted for community members who wanted to put on events in our parks. Um, and you know, it's funny, Doctor Greenwood. I never thought I wanted to work for a parks and rec department, and I'm so happy I did. Um, what really drew me to that job initially is they put on the slow triathlon. And I was like, I have this, these years of experience with tries. I love this industry. And I was coming in at actually the perfect time because it was right when the gentleman, Rich, who had put it on for years had retired. And so they, they had, um, you know, of course, Chris Woods around who has, who had a lot of experience with him, but I was such a triathlon nerd that I think that's what ended up really landing me that job is I could just speak so correctly to, to that part of the industry. And it was something that like my boss at the time, Dave, wasn't his strong set. And so we really were able to be quite the team, him, Dave, Chris, and I to produce that event. And so that was, that was a fabulous, I loved my time with the city. I, I think people who haven't experienced that kind of job should if if working for you know giving back to the community is something that's of interest to them yeah. um just the people in that office are all so special and so nice and i just genuinely enjoyed working with them and i you know have i have friendships coming out of it that i know will last a lifetime too and so yeah i did i, I was doing that and it wasn't quite full time so i supplemented with um, helping or work as a tri-cal intern as we put on, um, the last year of wildflower. Um, so I kind of, you know, I take our, we scheduled our team calls so I could take them on my lunch break. And then I would do work on that in that, um, after I got off the city. Um, and I, I just, I loved wildflowers so much that I wasn't ready to let it go. And as we kind of came back for a year after taking a break, I was like, I have to find a way to be involved. Um, And so we were able to make it all work. And at the time, my boss, Dave, was so um, flexible and allowing me to like move things around so I could continue to do some of those side passions because he knew how how much joy it brought me, but also I could, it would help me keep fresh on all of the triathlon, um, inside of the industry. So we could bring it to the slow try. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, so I, I think this, this, um, is probably a good time for me to insert this part. And that is, um, 
backing up totally what you said about municipal recreation and and yeah. um, how some you know some of the most amazing people um, are out there in our communities. Yep. Um, you know, yep. running events, running sports, running arts projects, running all mm-hmm. kinds of things for the for cities and, and making cities more livable places, right? Our yep. cities and towns, uh, more mm-hmm. livable places. And, um, and, you know, uh, you know, the, the folks at uh, Slow Parks and Recreation have a special place in my heart, you know, uh, you know, what I think of Chris, and of course, now with yep. Greg Avakian, I don't know, did you ever take a class with Greg Avakian when he was here? Did you know him? I didn't, but it, we like connected on LinkedIn right before he got the job oh, with the cool. city. So that's been really fun. To, so I, I didn't get to take a class with him and I never worked under him um, right, once right. he became the director, but I've definitely, um, I know who he is. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, and, and, um, and so I think in, in, um, in saying all these positive things, I think I can also, um, highlight um a negative and that that was is is what um kelsey was alluding to and that is you know unfortunately we in our in our local governments um have not valued parks and recreation as much as we should in a lot of areas and Mm -hmm. so one of the practices that has um unfortunately been forced to arise because of small budgets and that sort of thing is exactly what Kelsey said. And that's um, being three quarters time, bringing on new staff and putting them in roles where they are three quarters time so that they don't have to pay benefits and so that they don't have to put them on salary and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, in most cases, it is a budgetary type thing. Right. And, um, and, but still it's unfortunate and it's because we don't value parks and recreation like we should value it, you know, as an essential service. (laughs) It's interesting you say that it, because we were the only department that had those specialist level positions and we had a handful of them and we couldn't have operated without all of our specialists. Um, But I mean, it still was a fabulous experience, but ultimately that's why I did have to move on. Um, Because right when I started, they filled a bunch of the coordinator level positions. And, you know, I spent about a year and a half there and I was like, okay, you know, I got to start looking for an opportunity to get benefits. Um, It was, you know, slowly starting to approach the age where I was going to get kicked off the old parents' benefits. So it was... um, had I been able to get, or had I been able to see the opportunity for a coordinator level positioning opening up, I might've stayed longer. Right. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. And that's important to note too, right? The specialist yep. goes to coordinator and those coordinators yeah. are typically more, um, are, are full-time and, and do have benefits, but, um, yeah. but yeah, so, uh, so I, I just felt like we should, we should point that out uh-huh. so that people understand how that works. And, and yep. so let's talk now about Firestone, right? So, uh, uh-huh. um, I actually remember seeing, um, that job posted. I actually had a, um, uh, a friend had said something about that job being posted and, um, and was considering applying, I think. And, um, and so I, I actually did not know that you got it and that you've been oh, doing yeah. it uh-huh. until, until recently. Um, because, you know, it's kind of this weird, I don't know, it's a weird algorithm on LinkedIn, like where okay. sometimes people pop up and sometimes they don't. And then, then mm-hmm. when they pop up, I'm like, Oh, awesome. Look, look what they're doing. <laughs> totally. You know, and uh, I had no idea they were doing this, but, uh, but it's much better, I think, than the the past where we as faculty had no idea what you got, what what you all were doing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, so tell us a little bit, you know, um, we we talked offline. I know that you're in charge of the Central Coast, right? Yep. And so um, what does so start with what does a field marketing manager do? OK, great question. Um, so we, at the core, I guess a lot of what we do is sponsorship activation. So I sponsor other people's events. Um, and then depending on what kind of event it is, 
will determine what brands I lead with. We have three main brand families, um, 805 being our largest, being more of our lifestyle brand, Um, Firestone Walker being the true to craft brand, craft beer that is, and then Cali Squeeze, which is a new brand we've just, or we purchased about, well, eight months ago now. And um, so we're trying, we're still finding that identity of that, but it's truly like a California lighthearted, more um, fun summary type brand. And so mm-hmm. there's still opportunities for, for that brand. Um, so sponsorship activation is a large one. We're starting to get into owned events. So where we're producing our, our own in- events from start to finish. Um on our side or on like the 805 specific side, I should say we we've had owned events for Firestone for years and years and years. One being the Firestone Walker Invitational Beer Festival, which is yeah. this massive festival. It's one of the best in the world. Yeah. Um, so it's quite cool that that's something that we produce. Um, we work heavily with partners, so we create partnerships for um, year round act activation opportunities. Um, very exciting new partner for me is Cal Poly. So we're officially the craft beer, um, partner of Cal Poly. And so that's been a really fun project to work on to see how we're going to bring that all to life on campus. Um, but some of my other coworkers have partnerships with, you know, the LA galaxy or a moto company called fast house. Who is like, who is this industry? Um, leader in their space or mm-hmm. um, and then down to we are regional based so we can really understand what makes all of our communities special and so it, it goes all the way down to grassroots um, or even guerrilla style marketing depending on what market you're in right. luckily here pretty much everyone knows what it is and who we are, but that's not necessarily the case um, out of state. So right. my coworkers out of state have a very different role and lean more into that side of it, but it's very much bringing our la- our brands to life um, out in the field. Right. I love it. And, you know, I, I've just, I, I have to, um, to give some major kudos to, uh, to the the executives or whoever is uh is dreaming all this stuff up with firestone walker because um just the fact that you have three brand families and that you're attuned to that identity is just amazing it's like next level i just love that and um you know i love that story about how 805 came to be and and um and how you keep the 805 family separate from the Firestone Walker craft family. And now you're talking Cali squeeze and figuring out that identity. I mean, that's just, I just think that's so powerful and so, so aligned with, um, with what we're doing now, right. With, with experience industry management and the experience design and understanding those elements, right. Of Mm -hmm. co-creation and, 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 you know, everything you were just talking about was, um, Mm -hmm was really aligned with experience design. And um, I know you, I know you were in at the tail end when we were, when we were making that change, but you know, we really kind of doubled down there now. And, um, and so uh, it's so great to to hear you talk about that. And um, I think there's some opportunities for sure for partnerships in the future along those lines where we might be able to, to do some testing for, um, for you all and, and figure out some things and learn from you all, because it's just, uh, it's just really, I've just been so impressed with it. And, um, so can you, can you speak to that? Like, do you feel like an experienced designer? Do you feel like what you just said sounded to me like experienced design? Most definitely 100% is, Um, I I think my boss's title is director of experiential marketing. Um, and so I'd say what I learned in the experiential marketing class, um, is kind of what live every day. Um, and so it's this, especially for experiential, it's this having to have a deep understanding of your brands. So I, 
very intimately understand all of my brand families and what make them special. And um, the 805 drinker is very different from the Firestone Walker drinker. They can overlap, but um, they, they tend to live in their own lanes. Um, and we're seeing more, more overlap as we're, you know, we're introducing the mind hazes and, and those brands are getting more playful. Um, but yeah, I get to bring our brands to life, which is such a, I mean, it's a very exciting part of the industry in a very fun world. And uh-huh. that kind of looks different for all of the brands. Um, and it kind of depends, you know, I'll be at, you know, a surf competition one weekend with 805 and then, you know, a moto competition with 805. And then the next weekend I'll be at a craft beer festival with Firestone Walker, or, um, as a lot of the students may know, shebang music festival that happens in slow, we're going to be the beer sponsor of that with Cali squeeze. I was going to say, um, okay. Yeah. I was thinking Cali squeeze might be like more surf surf edm that type thing yeah yep it is definitely um surf a little like more like long board more um like we're relaxed and having a good time where um 805 yes surf is a big part of 805 too but a lot of it too is like um, action sports and pursuing these like counterculture hobbies i guess if you will yeah I love it. I just love the 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 deep understanding of the brands, and I I that's that's just um that's so cool. Yeah. I, I love that. Love hearing that. And um, you know, um, while you were talking, I was like wondering to myself. I'm like, well, I wonder if 805 could be a gateway. Do they consider it a gateway uh, drink uh, or beer to craft? Um, are you are you are you ever thinking about potentially? that crossover, like you said, there's not that much crossover, but are you trying to some, or, or is there an effort to potentially bring people to the crossover? Or I love what you said, staying in the lanes, like, no, we stay in the lanes. We'll let, is it just let them find their own path to the families or, or what? So it's, it kind of, it, well, it's funny because this is a question that we talk in depth, um, in our, in our marketing office, um, for a long time, the 805 logo did not have Firestone Walker on it. Mm -hmm. And we just, and with that too, when we went to an 805 led event, we didn't bring any Firestone Walker products. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have now put the Firestone Walker hoop, as we call it back on the 805 logo to be like, Hey, cause we sell a lot more 805 than we sell of any of our other beers. So it's like, Hey, if people know that we make this incredible beer and they now find out that there's other beers made from our same brewery, Mm -hmm. then maybe they will be a, that'll be of interest to them too. So, so Mm -hmm. we have started to see that, but 805 is this, I mean, it's this whole beast, but we, we kind of don't consider it a craft beer. They don't like more about the brands than it is the beer. And it's like, it's the beer that you drink after you do all of your crazy hobbies on the weekend. Um, But we have started to see that crossover and down to, we are now bringing, you know, a mind haze or we just launched a new West coast IPA hopnosis um, starting to bring some of those IPAs with us too, to our events. Cause we're, we noticed um, a lot of interest in like IPA specific beers. So it's kind of naturally leading to, Hey, we can still lead with 805 because the brand story is so special, but you know, if you introduce the consumer to other products in your lineup, you might get them, you might be able to retain them for longer and there might be different drinking occasions. Um, you might want an eight Oh five after work on a Wednesday, but maybe, maybe you drink a couple mind hazes on Friday knowing you don't have to go to work the next. Yeah. I love it. I think it's so fascinating. And you know, that what you just said is obviously, obviously a pretty, um, that that's, that's evolving because I remember like four or five, four or five years ago when I was meeting with your marketing folks, they were like, Oh no, 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 no. 
we keep 805 very, very separate very because separate. we don't want our craft people. We don't even want our craft people knowing that we even produce 805 yep. <laughs> was, was essentially what they were saying um, because, you know, it's kind of like almost like a snobbish type thing. Like the, the craft beer people will look down, uh, look down their nose at the 805 type that, uh, and, and, but, but hearing that evolution, I had a feeling there was going to be some, some evolving there. And so, uh, yep. that's really fascinating and interesting to hear that you're putting, even putting the logo back on 805. And, uh, yeah. so that's, uh, I, that's cool. I mean, it was so separated to the point where when I got hired, it was specifically only for the 805 brand. Right. Um, and so as we reconsidered that, we restructured, and that's when I took over um, all of the brands locally. And so right. we were very much only an 805 team um, going to only, you know, only seeking out 805 specific opportunities. And I had a counterpart who right. ran with, um, you know, the Firestone opportunities. And um, so we, you know, with the change of direction, we reorged. So it looked, so our team looked different. Right. Um, but yeah, I was hired originally to just work on the 805 brand. Right, right. I love it. So I, I think we would be, um, I think it would be missing a piece not not to 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 say something about the fact that you know a, a pandemic uh, occurred obviously and um hopefully we're coming out of it now it feel, feels like we've we've almost come out of it and um and so I want to ask you I know that must have been must have been hard um because you know events obviously were were what you were doing um but then at the same time people were drinking more beer so there was a there was an interesting thing for for the beer industry, uh, I believe. Um, what was it like for you? How did you navigate it? Um, that sort of thing. Cause you were relatively new and it hit, right? Yeah. Um, cause I started in July, 2019. So I was eight months into it, but the way we work around here is it is a full sprint all of the time. So yeah. it all had only really been eight months that the pan from when from when I started to when the pandemic hit, but I, I was fully up and running and, you know, and very much leading my territory. And, um, right. so I, I was new in the sense, but, um, still, I, you know, felt like I'd already lived three years here. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, the pandemic of it all was interesting. Um, you know, we lost 30% of sales overnight with the close of draft and on-premise drinking. So, you know, all of the bars, we lost a lot of beer um, in kegs because, you know, we pride ourselves on a premium product. And mm -hmm. so that means the shelf life for kegged beer, you know, is, is finite. And right. so we lost a lot of product there. And then another interesting thing that came out of the pandemic is, I'm not sure if you know this, but we went into a national can shortage. So there oh, it was really <laughs> hard to get a hold of 12 ounce aluminum cans, oh, um, wow. which is like one of those things that you don't realize, but you know, it was part of the supply and supply chain issues. Right. Um, so we weren't able to can our beer that came out at the time, which was 805 Cerveza. So that's our um, premium lager that's been brewed with fresh lime. Right. And so it was only in a bottle option. So that was like one of those weird things during the pandemic. Um, but with events closing overnight, they didn't know what to do with our team. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a really challenging time to navigate because unfortunately, we, you know, sa sales were up for packaged products, but the loss of draft was too heavy to overcome. Yeah. Um, so they did lay off quite a few of my friends and coworkers, um, yeah. specifically in my team. And so yeah. that was like this roller coaster because yeah. it was, there was like kind of essentially three different rounds of the layoffs. And um, oh, luckily, I weathered the storm and um, got to keep my role the whole time. So very thankful for that. But without having events, you know, we still had to, they had to find what we were going to do. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't know. I can't remember exactly how long it was like six to eight months. I essentially was on the sales team. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But so we were helping our sales teammates out, um, ensuring that, you know, our product is still available for those trying to purchase it um, at like the grocery stores and the convenience stores and such like that. So it wasn't necessarily my favorite part, my favorite time in my career thus far, but um, I was lucky enough to keep my job and stay with my company. And, um, you know, I grew a lot from it. And one of my coworkers and I like to say, you know, it was just another bullet point for the resume. So (laughs) that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, well, so. well, you know, I um, in talking to to so many people uh, and in our industry, you know, in the experience industry, um, just been so impressed by the resiliency and the um, you know, <laughs> the word that came out of the uh, the pandemic, the the pivot, right? Uh, everyone <laughs> everyone pivoted in some way, and <laughs> and we can joke about it or or whatever about about the word being overused, but. You know, it's actually the the pivots that people made were so incredibly impressive. Like it's just, just the stories that I've heard um, are just, uh, you know, make me realize why um, this industry is so special and why the people that are, that are in it are so special because, you know, you, you, you figure out a way, right. You know, let's figure out a way. And, um, and, uh, and so, um, yeah, thanks for reflecting on that. Well, um, so what advice, the last question I'll ask you is what advice would you have for someone who's interested in getting involved in, um, in, in the beer industry, um, whether it be in marketing or whether it be in sales or, or what it might be, what would you, what, what advice would you give? So the first would be like an understand or an having a general understanding of what's out there in general. So knowing what, like knowing the products and knowing what differentiates um, the brand you want to work for as beers versus the other guys, or um, that's, I would say the products are really important. If you want to go into sales, it's definitely important for marketing as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but more so if you want to go into marketing, you need to spend some time on the company's Instagram pages Mm -hmm. to really start to understand what is their brand story they're trying to sell. And I think Mm -hmm. that can be applied for anyone trying to get any kind of marketing job, right? Do your research, yeah, do your homework. Research, yeah, for sure. You want to be able to talk about it comfortably in an interview. Um, and, you know, I was lucky enough to help interview and hire four new teammates. And um, you can see through when people are kind of, you know, bullshitting you. And I, I want to, if you want this job, I want you to know, I want to know that you've spent the time at least looking into it. Like you should know, you should have looked at our website to know what kind of products we have available. Um, And then like, you don't have to be a beer geek when you start. Like, I mean, unless it's, I don't, I I guess I can't speak for other companies. Um, We'll teach you how to be a beer geek here. Um, yeah, that wasn't like my strong suit, but I now can very comfortably talk about any style of beer at any time. And, um, and so, you know, we'll teach you to be a beer geek, but I think it's really just understanding who the company is at their core. Um, we have a special story with our founders and still being a younger, a younger brewery. I mean, we're only 26 years old. So there, there's a lot there that makes us really special. And, um, anyone that could talk to that in an interview, I would be, um, impressed with and whether it's, you know, we're, we're, we're taking a, um, more closer look at sustainability and sustainable brewing. And we've Mm -hmm. implemented a lot of practices um, of how to do that because it's not by nature, the most sustainable industry, but we have made huge strides in that. And it's been very special in the last couple of years. And so people who brought that up in an um, interview, it's like, oh, you spent time 
looking at our website, like we make really great films or videos on a lot of things that we're doing around the brewery or, you know, on 805 side with our authenticos. Um, And so we have a beautiful story and you can see it come to life through film um, of the sustainable practices we've put into place. And so for us specifically, there's a lot of resources out there to learn who we are and what makes us special. Um, But I, beer is fun. Beer is a good, I mean, that's what brings people together in other industries. And so it's pretty, it's, unique in the sense of like when you live in that industry it's very um I never knew I'd end up here but I've definitely enjoyed the ride I love it I love it and you know what you um you know as senior project coordinator I love hearing what you just said because that's basically what we're putting students Uh through in terms of senior project they they get to know these organizations very, very intimately. And, and one of the things, um, one of the things I, of course, say to students is like, Hey, this was a very purposeful setup. Like we have this set up to basically teach you how to become an expert on a brand, on an organization, on, on a company. And the, the goal is hopefully that you're, you're going to use it, right? You're going to use it to either get a job or to understand, Hey, that's what I've got to do. I've got to get, I've got to have that analytical mindset towards best practices. Um, you know, whether it be sustainability or whether it be marketing or, or whatever it may be. And so that's so great to hear you say that. I appreciate that uh, plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, did, Kelsey, I did my senior I did my senior project on experiential marketing in endurance sports. And it was a quick little pivot to doing experiential marketing in action sports. So it was very applicable. There you go. I love it. Exactly. And um, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time today. I know it's a, it's a Friday and that's a, that's a busy busy time in the beer world. And, um, and so uh, I hope you can uh, go out and, uh, and grab a a mine haze here uh, in a little bit and enjoy your Friday afternoon. And um, just thank you so much for taking the time. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.